beach together now you know you in trouble because ain't nothing but a g thing baby baby to load down g's because we're crazy crazy Network is back on the air. My name is Darian. I'm here with another week of horror bullshit and stuff you didn't know you wanted to know about, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I'm not alone this week, you motherfuckers. I got my main man, Jason, in the house, all the way from your mom's basement. Jason, how you doing, buddy? Hello, listeners. He did it. He made it in. And he didn't even do the uh, creepy old guy from... uh, Oh, oh, shit, there it is. I guess I shouldn't have reminded him. <laughs> What's up, Jason? Not a lot, man. How's everything? Oh, not too bad. Good. Uh, thank you for coming in. I was starting to feel a little schizophrenic. Well, in this I was starting to feel pretty sad for you. I mean, I was, I'm was. i pathetic. I'll be the first to admit it. I'm a pathetic guy. I've seen the flyers you've been posting on the, the, the polls around town. Oh, yeah. Uh, help L- look, wanted. Looking for friends. Hiring. <laughs> Desperate and lonely. Please, somebody acknowledge me. For a good time in loose butthole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was mine. Sorry. Oh, whoops. Oh, shit. Oh, God damn it, man. It's been a while since I've seen you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, not really. No, not I, at all. I saw you on Saturday. But like I said, it's been a while since you've been on the show. It has been. So what's new, man? What did we miss out on? Uh, let's see. Uh, this is week two of a 52-week hiatus from work. Oh, Jesus. Which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I return to work next year sometime. When you feel uh, like That'll it. be a struggle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. 50 weeks from now, I go back to work. I'll bust out about three months, and then my elderly ass can retire. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. There you go. So, Ready for uh, retirement. Other than that, not a lot. I'm trying to blast through as many movies as I can. Now that I've cool. got inordinate amounts of time on my hands. I would go insane. I go. I like. I come back from a three-day weekend, and I'm ready to go to work. But you don't have kids. I do not. These little gremlins chase me up the wall until I am begging to go back to the office. That's that's the life of a dad for you, dude. I can understand. Yep. I, think, know, I, that, I think that would drive me to want to work, too. I think you're going to go a little stir-crazy over there. I don't know. I give it I give it a solid two months Yeah. before you're either looking for like a part-time gig. Or the garage is going to be just spotless. Totally. Yeah. You're be out there with a toothbrush. <laughs> Waxing the floor. <laughs> All right, my man. Well, we got a horror show to get into here. We got horror news, listener mail, Terradome stuff, all kinds of fun things happen. Let's kick things off with a little of the old horror news, Mr. Harrell. <laughs> horror news. Yes, sir. Yeah. Are you ready 
<laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, give it to me. Are you ready for the uh, the big Firestarter remake? I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> but but the last time I I watched Firestarter, <clears throat> which I I had always held at kind of a high level. You like that? Man, was I bored off my ass. It's a, it's a long it's it's a lot of nothing. Stephen King is either balls out horror or just this nonsensical drama. You know what I mean? I th- I think I held it in such high regard because I loved it as a kid. Sure. And I didn't revisit it until adulthood. Yeah. So I, it was hard to look, you know, through the same lens. Yeah. Especially it's, with cataracts. I, well, obviously. <laughs> I struggle to call it a horror movie. More like a sci-fi action situation. Yeah. Big remake hits uh, Peacock and theaters this Friday. I'm down. I mean, um, I'll definitely check it out for sure. This one looks like it's got like its left foot in the horror area. You know what I mean? It looked a lot, a lot darker, a lot of grimier, stuff like that. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, uh, I'll check it out one way or the other. I, I don't think they could. Not that the original's bad by any means. Um, I don't think they can do any worse. No. I think they're probably going to just break even with what's already there. Yeah. Uh, it kind of fits into that same league as uh, Dead Zone. Oh once, you get, once you get past <laughs> the serial killer business, you're like, oh, fuck. Are these two going to have sex with each That's other or not? Another, I don't even care anymore. Another movie that I really, really like. Yeah? And tried to rewatch and, whoa, what a <laughs> And I love a slow-ass movie. Well, that is a slow-ass movie for you. Yes, it is. Uh, what else we got here? Have you seen a movie called The Reef? Shark yeah, movie. It's within this decade, isn't it? I think so. I'm not sure. Not sure. Um, it's uh, it's it's the one where the boat mysteriously capsizes for no apparent reason, oh, and then they got okay. yes. you know what I'm talking about. And then they yes. got to swim 13 miles to an island, and yeah. then the sharks. Uh, the Reef Two Ooh. Uh, sequel is going to hit Shutter this summer. It's called The Reef. Stocked. So I think this one's going to involve a... Uh, Land shark? Uh, well, it's going to have a shark uh, looking at your Facebook page. Oh, And, okay. uh, you know, making mysterious posts. <laughs> Installing webcams around that, your house. That's what it is. It's more of a, like a, you know, leaving you Tinder messages and then not replying. <laughs> it's Reef meets, uh, oh gosh, what's Single white it? female? Nope, creep. Creep, yeah. There you go. Uh, what else we got here? Are you up on the Westworld series? Yeah. What do you think of that? Did it did it cancel? Well, I mean, because the last thing I saw, it, it just seemed like it abruptly kind of ended. Funny that uh, season four trailers are up. All right, so there you go. So I've been out of. The, I don't. I'm watch, have to, I don't watch a lot of trailers anymore. Well, dude, it's been like what four years? It's been a long since time. they put out a, a season. Yeah. So I don't know. Lost. A, they lost a lot of fans. Um, I I was still as into it as I was from the beginning. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I thought it was kind of cool. I dug it. Ed Harris was a bad motherfucker in that one. He always is. Right? Yeah. When does he ever play a pussy? Never. Well, creep show, maybe a little bit. <laughs> um, I got something that's going to uh, that's gonna give you a big fat boner, my friend. Too late. Event Horizon Steelbook oh, Edition. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the, in all of my physical media collection like travels, Yeah, everybody is just sucking that thing. It's, I tell you. Yeah. I like it. I think it's a good show. I know you don't, but that's no, fine. I've never been a fan. Uh, Steelbook looks dope. Yeah, it does. It'll, it'll look great on your wall of Steelbooks. I can't buy it. Why not? I don't like the movie. Oh, stop it right now. I like the other movies that I have. Um, 
Yes, yeah, even yeah, Killer yeah, Clowns. Yeah, you got some pretty good ones up there. <laughs> I'm excited for it. Uh, I don't know if I'll invest in the Steelbook or not. It's coming out this summer. Uh, lastly, here's something I got a huge boner for. Sam Raimi is talking to Universal Pictures about possibly rebooting Darkman. Whoa. <laughs> I, w- I, I really, really wish he could do it, but take away the Sam Raimi zaniness. Um. I mean that's just kind of that's just how he does now. I know. You know what I mean? I know. Um but that's kind of what wrecks a lot of his stuff for me. Yeah, there's like a lot <laughs> of those uh zoom in shots of weapons and shit on the wall and like now when you when you see Sam Raimi in the credits you're like, "Oh, here we go. It's going to be a flying eyeball or something like that." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I, but I think Darkman probably well, I, I never really thought of that as a horror movie. I always thought it was more like a revenge action yeah, kind of a thing. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I like the original Darkman series. Um, I don't know if you get Liam Neeson back for that. <laughs> I mean, he's like, what? Jeez, he's 920 like, years old. Exactly. You know? Or I, I, you don't really need him. All you need is his voice, right? Yeah. And ra- wrap a dude in a bunch of bandages and yeah, you're good. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I'll ch- I'm excited. I'm excited for no, it. I, w- I will absolutely watch it. <laughs> uh, I remember being so hyped for that movie uh, the year that it came out. <clears throat> Me and my cousin, just every time we'd go to the movies, we went to the movies every Friday, mm-hmm. and we saw Who is Dark Man just for an entire like year. They were That's advertising right. the shit out of that Oh, thing. yeah. And then we finally got to see it. It's, I haven't uh, seen it since. <laughs> yeah, it's RoboCop without the robot and without the cop. It's just a guy that gets with, with weird dark and the bandages. I just I just recently watched it. Uh, I think it was Red Letter Media doing a um, uh, a review of it. Yeah. And um, I had forgotten how kooky it was. It's pretty nutty. Yeah, it's got a lot of kookiness. Uh, the guy, a lot of raminess. Yeah. Uh, the guy, where I remember he was ch- cutting a guy's fingers off with his cigar thing. And he's like, number one, never mess with me. Number two, I have nine more points to make. Was that Dr. Giggles? Yes. Yeah, I forget Larry his... Drake? Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah. Proud of myself I, for that one. Me too. <laughs> I would not have come up with a name on that one. I, I know his face, but... Anyways. All right, you got anything on horror news, Hot Dog? Uh, let's see. There is uh, one thing <clears throat> for the physical media collectors out there. Mm. Uh, so A24 come out with X. X is uh, soon to have its uh, Blu-ray release. This month, uh, no announcement for a 4K release, uh, but a German company, it is Cape Light Pictures. Uh, they are actually, they do a lot of 4K releases of movies that don't necessarily get 4K releases in the United States. Mm-hmm. So they're coming out with a media book. Um, so that's like, it's going to be all in German. Right. But, uh, it's got pictures that you know, hey. retards like me can look at. Sure. Um, but they, they're they coming out with a media book, 4K uh, release of that. Two different uh, versions. I ordered both today. Of course. So in September, uh, I'll nice. have a nice 4K and duplicate, mm-hmm. as I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for you. Uh, and that's the only thing I've seen as far as newsworthiness. Uh, I know a lot of people were wanting a 4K release of it because there's – there's a lot of dark scenes that kind of get lost. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so hopefully uh, the blacks and uh, stuff like that in the 4K uh, release will be a little bit better. Very cool. I'm into that. Um, I'll probably I'll probably just pick up the American Blu-ray. You know, I mean, you're the big steelbook collector guy, so 
I've never seen a need for steel books myself. I mean, I get, I don't understand the. Well, you've seen what I do. Yeah, I know what you I do. I strap them to the wall yeah, with magnets. You, you've so. got like a magnetic wall, and you just so it's slap like a wall of it. little posters, which is cool. Uh, there's no way in hell my wife's going to let me get away with that. So you put have that your in. own domicile. I here. do, and I'm pretty proud of this. And as long as I don't fart the place up too bad, she doesn't come in here and yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, big guy? That's it for me. All right. How about some listener mail then? Yeah. Listener mail. Oh, yeah. One last thing real quick. Shoot. I did have uh, the sadness. I guess going to be uh, streaming on Shudder May 12th. Yeah, everybody's pretty hot and bothered by the yeah, sadness. Yeah, and since I don't watch trailers, I, I don't even know what it's about. It's a zombie flick, though, right? That's what I heard. Okay. Yeah, and I'm taking that straight from the Horror for Dummies crew. Uh, Tim is just raving about this fucking thing. So I, I started listening to his most recent episode today. Yeah. But I I wasn't going to listen to the sadness portion. Okay. Uh because, you know, hey, I don't want to wreck it for myself. What do we got? Two days? <clears throat> day after tomorrow? Yeah. Check it out? Yeah. I'm into it. It's it. Look, I've, I've seen the trailers. It does look pretty good. Does it? Yeah. Good. All right. We got uh, emails, voicemails, all kinds of fun shit here. All right. Let's kick things off over in jolly old England. Here comes the horror slut. Cat is in the house. Uh, This email actually came last week as I was recording last week's show, so it's actually more pertinent to last week's show. Subject line, fingers crossed. Evening, gent. Hopefully I made it in on time. Tonight has been crazy as shit already. Dome. just because I'm feeling Chucky, my vote would have gone to Chucky and family. Educate, I want to say spare parts. Nope, because I think Julian Richings is amazing and just fits being death. Hope everyone has a safe and healthy week. Cat. Uh, well, you're wrong on both counts there, Kat. Uh, the Umbrella Corporation was victorious over Chucky, and I was not spare parts. I was southbound, which uh, I don't know yeah. that I've ever seen spare parts. I've seen the box. I've seen the box a million times, got, but I don't think I've ever seen the movie. Yeah, it's got like the body parts with strings coming out of them and like a, like a marionette thing. I don't think I've ever seen the movie. And I haven't seen Southbound since the first time I saw it. That was a good flick. That is a great show. Yeah. One of my favorite anthologies. Uh, here she comes again, this time with this week's email. Oh, shit. Cat, hold on. Let me get you set up for the Terror Dome here, babe. As usual, I'm wildly unprepared. Act like I haven't been doing this for ten years. Okay, subject line. I was late. Evening, gent, or possibly gents. Look at that. Well, I guess I was a little late last week, but it was a crazy shift. This week for the Terror Dome, I have to go with the Cenobites. As they are pretty much demons, I think they would hold dominion over the ghosts. Educate's rather easy with Castle Freak and Barbara Crampton, or who I hope to look as good as at her age. Hee hee. Hope you have a safe and healthy week. Cat. That's two for the Cenobites. And you are correct, Cat. I was Castle Freak. Have you seen Castle Freak, Jason? Nope. You've never seen Castle Freak? Never. Silly as shit. Um, Well, I mean, not as Stuart Gordon... And you know him from the Reanimator movies, which are silly as shit. I think this was like his attempt to make like a serious movie about a freak living in some underground tunnels in a castle. 
Um, Hence, Castle Freak. Castle Freak. You see how that, how I, that works? I do. All right. I'm glad you're with me. <laughs> Jason, who do you think would win in a fight between ghosts and Cenobites? Cenobites. If you end up taking the ghosts for reasons that you explained the other day, yep. you're just going to go down the rabbit hole of that being the answer to why they can beat almost everybody. Not necessarily. I feel like uh, the Umbrella Corporation would have some... And the ghost can fly. ...counter ghost technology. Don't you start <laughs> with that shit, man. I get, I get enough of that from these people. Uh, let's see what we got here. Let's get out to the open road. Here comes Freddy. Subject line, votes. Hey, folks. Ha! I got another one with Educate. It's Castle Freak. You're right, Freddy. I made that one easy. Uh, I like the easy ones. They make me feel smart. LOL. Pterodome, Cenobites, because they are badass, and I think Demon Trump's ghosts. Shutting down for the night and about to grab some grub and a shower. Stay safe out there. Cheers, Freddy. You got it, Freddy. That's two more for the Cenobites. Going about- back about two minutes. Hmm. Barbara Crampton. What about her? Recently saw, can't remember what, older movie uh, with her in it. Okay. Also saw her in a recent interview. Okay. She only improved. She, yeah, she doesn't age. Yeah, she I, she looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, and it fits her better with a little age than it than it did like back in the day. I know. I mentioned Barbara Crampton. You start getting all bent out of shape. I get a little emotional when you bring up Barbara Crampton. You know what I think? <laughs> Look, we're not talking about Linnea Quigley over here. Woo! Not- you know what I think it is? She disappeared for like twenty years. Uh, like from beyond reanimator. Um, I think she did like some soap operas after that. Then like 2000 to like 2015, she was just gone. No, nothing. I think that's what it is, dude. It's the acting industry just grinds you down physically. Yeah. And you have to stay on top of it with surgery and shit. But if you just take like a 15 year break and get a job at Home Depot, yeah, and that's, you come back looking good. And that's literally what she said in the interview. She said, fuck Hollywood, and she bounced. Yeah. And now she come <laughs> back doing all these independent movies yeah. and she looks great. Yep. I think I think she got. Did you, have you seen uh, Jacob's Wife? Yes. I think her top came off in that one for I maybe think, just a second. I think so. There was like a, a little tussle scene where her and Les, Larry Fessenden were flopping around, and I think it uh, a boob <laughs> popped out. Not hers, not Larry Fessenden's. Oh, damn it. (laughs) Right on, man. Speaking of uh, Larry Fessenden, let's get back here to Reno, Nevada. Here comes the cowboy. Uh, But before we get into Cowboy's uh, uh, email here, I have to give him a big shout-out and thank you. Cowboy built me a Viking stargazing chair. How cool is that? Very cool. I never heard of this item in my entire life. That's and awesome. He shows up at my doorstep yesterday. He's like, "Here's your Viking stargazing chair." Yeah. It's like, is that a sex move, or what do I what do I got to do for that? It's pretty cool, though, man. It's uh, it's like a wooden chair. It's like a two piece operation, and it kicks back to like a forty five degree angle, so you're basically looking up at the sky as you sit in it. Um, not the most comfortable thing I've ever no. sat in. Probably good for like a, a 10 to 15 minute span. But, you know, several Viking ales and you're good. That's why it's they were super so cozy. pissed off. They yeah. had ass cramps. <laughs> so they had to get out and fight somebody just to work out the ass cramps, man. There it is. I just discovered the... What uh, history doesn't tell you. I'm telling you what, man. We're, we're solving problems over here. Subject line, tough vote. 
Evening, Padded Room. Hope everyone is doing well and made it in tonight. Hope everyone here enjoyed our May snowstorm. Fucking Nevada weather. What bullshit was that? For the last two days, it's been <clears throat> snowing here in Reno on and off every two hours or so. And yeah. then it, between those two hours, it's like sunny, clear skies, beautiful. I got out of the house today <clears throat> since I'm already losing my mind after one week of Told you. not working. Um, <laughs> yes, the, the skies went dark. It was like 45 degrees, mm-hmm. and it was hailing. Yeah. What the shit? Bullshit. It's we, Mother's we, Day. We just bought flowers last week. They all froze and died. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, you're done. Yep. Probably, probably a couple it. hundred bucks worth. Too, it was right? a, more than a hundred bucks. Yep. Fucking asshole. Um, best wishes for Monica and her family. Thank you, Darian, for my prize pack. I have yet to watch what was included. Yeah. Sure I bet. Go. Yeah. But the titles look fun. <laughs> <laughs> Educate Castle Freak with the lovely Barbara Crampton, of course. Terra Dome, this is a tough vote for me. I do agree partially about the ghosts not being affected by the Cenobites, but the Cenobites are badass demons, in a sense. And I feel that they might have tricks we haven't seen yet that might be effective against ghosts. And if the ghosts are tied to the house, the Cenobites could be smart and just destroy the house, so my vote goes to the Cenobites. I hope I'm not shooting myself in the foot with my team later. On that, thanks, Tim. You brought up a movie that has given me an idea for my next Terradome pick, and it's one that I'm pretty sure hasn't been in yet. What, what, what is it going to be this time, cowboy? Uh, <laughs> buttered toast? Haven't gotten to watch much new, but did rewatch 30 Days of Night, both vampires, both movies, and really enjoy how badass those vamps are. Back to the grind. Hope everyone has a great week, and catch you on the flip, cowboy. Thanks for writing in, cowboy. That's two more for the Cenobites. I'm, we're looking at a blowout here, boys. We have <clears throat> last couple of weeks we've had an ongoing conversation. Speaking of 30, mm. 30 days of night, yeah, ongoing conversation in the house. Best vampire movie ever. Yep, I go with um, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula remake, nineteen ninety two. Hmm, that'd be my opinion. If I had to, right off the top of my head, if I sat down and thought about like. Acting versus special effects versus romance versus horror versus all that shit. Yeah. It's hard to beat Gary Oldman in anything, really. He's just a bad motherfucker. Um, if I had to do, like, honorable mentions, uh, Lost Boys immediately comes to mind. That's my number one. That, I could see that. Yeah. Um, and now, let me ask you this, since we're already on this topic. Which franchise <laughs> took a sharper drop-off after the first one? 30 Days of Night or The Lost Boys? Oh, the Lost Boys! <laughs> Have you seen the Thirty Days of Night sequel? Yeah, it's terrible. I I believe it. It was a long time ago, though. And it's, I only did it once, of course. Whereas it, I can say I have suffered through several Lost Boy Tribe and all of those. You, you mean the Feldman? <laughs> the <Chronicles>? Feldman years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got some vampires to kill. <laughs> <laughs> The, but that 30 days, of, what is it, Darkest Days, I think, it's like a made for, it's like a sci-fi original version of, of a Blade movie, but not with the worst CGI effects. It's really bad. It, I don't re- remember anything about it. I know I've seen it, but I don't remember anything about it. I remember, I've seen it once, and I remember, be, this is the big, this is terrible. This I is can the, at least remember some parts of the Feldman movies. <laughs> Of, uh, but I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign. Yeah, I don't. I, I think don't the Lost Boys took a, a bigger turn. You could be right. The, well, the worst part is that there's like four Lost Boys sequels yeah. as to the just one 30 Days of Night uh, uh, sequel. 
So, which I think is probably probably makes it worse in a way. All right, cowboy. Thank you for uh, writing in and for the Viking stargazing chair. I'll definitely bring that on my next uh, raping and pillaging run. <laughs> Uh, we got some voicemails here, amigo. Let's kick things off in funky old Alabama. Here comes Mr. Allen of the Cha-Cha. Allen. Added room, what's up? What's Hope up, Hope everybody's doing good. Hey. Paradome, give me the ghost. All and right. Darian, are you castle free? You are correct. That's all I got. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank Bye. you, Allen. Hey, Ghost's making a comeback, Jason. Ghost's making a comeback. They've been here for years. Rocking their pants, putting suckers in fear. Uh, Speaking of putting suckers in fear, here comes Mad Max himself. It's Mr. Tom Hardy. hey yo, Padded Room. How's my favorite degenerate this week? I'm here. We're here. Everyone's doing well, and the inmates are holding strong. I think so. I just wanted to get in real quick. Uh... You know, on the horror, the uh, Terror Dome there. Yeah, Terror what do you think? Dome. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you made a decent argument for the ghosts over the Cenobites. Sure. However, if you'll remember, in uh, the second one, uh-huh. uh, I think the uh, the second uh, Hellraiser, I think the Cenobites could lure lure the ghost into uh, into the that? labyrinth. Okay. There. And I think because uh, like. Uh, like Frank and uh, what was the other bitch name? Ash, uh, not Ash. Ah, the main bitch. You know her name oh, from the Hellraiser. Yes, God, uh, not uh, not the hero, the bad bitch in the first. Oh, one. Julia. She's there, and she's a real person. Like she can be, she can be hurt. She can be injured there. And so I think that well, kind of. the Cenobites would actually get lure, would lure the ghost there. Okay, and would be able to uh, to take the ghost out there. That's my sure. Uh, so I'm called Logic there okay. for that. Um, on the What Are You Looking At department, I got to catch a couple more episodes of that uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Yes, Still sir. haven't finished that sucker yet. It's a good show. And um, episode one six. thing I got to say, you know, I know a lot of people, like, like, they'll watch an entire series, like, or season or whatever in a day or two days or whatever. Mm-hmm. I personally, I don't, I don't have that sort of time, so I don't, I can't do that. But, you know... They kind of they they need a recap because sometimes I'll go two three days you know without seeing an episode or whatever. Then I'll try and watch two and I'll be like, "What the fuck happened?" Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, considering as this is the premier horror podcast out there, I want you to uh, <laughs> reach out to Netflix and advise them to do that. I right? agree. Uh, once again, no idea on the educating Dude. department. Fuck me, that's got to be like five I for make five it any that I haven't got, but. Keep it up. All right. Hope all is well. Love you, my family. Bye. Love you too, Tom Hardy. He bra- he makes a good point about the uh, the binge watching. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so that was one thing that I always liked um, about American Horror Story. You you could binge watch it if you waited till the season was over, or you could watch it week to week. And if you watched it week to week, that show was so fucking busy that you're of course going to forget about three of the plot lines completely, and then you're going to have to wait for the next show. Or the same thing could be said about Game of Thrones in a weird way. Because you would go, you'd okay, like this guy dies, and this guy's going to go try to find revenge. Now we're just going to shelve that for like four episodes while we catch up with these dudes over here. What about these mid-season breaks? I hate that. I fucking hate that. 
That's all. That's a Walking Dead thing right there. I can't Fucking stand that Walking shit. Walking Dead. I know. God. I know. I know, man. I saw. I Tell saw commercials the other day huh. for uh, New World or whatever what, it is. Shit. What was the first spinoff? Uh, Fear, Fear the, the Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. That yeah. shit is still Season running. Six. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. They are finally wrapping the, the Walking Dead. And right now it's in that mid-season break, I think. And then as soon as they finish that off, they're going to jump right into the Norman Reedus uh, side quest where he goes and does some shit. And I, I can't, man. I, can't. I love zombies. I'm a zombie guy. But I can't keep up with this fucking soap opera, dude. I can't. Give me uh, give me like somebody finds a cure or something. You know, give me like an actual thing that's going to happen. Don't give me another full season of people walking around the woods uh, being depressed and depressing. Yeah, way too much melodrama. Can't, can't even. And uh, how in the hell do they just not run out of ammo? I get that they can make their own bullets, but you would still practice selectivity. They just fire shit left and right. I can't, can't buy into it. Well, I, I tapped out a while ago. Well, I, I think I gave, I gave up right after uh, the big reveal with Negan. Hmm. That was, I think that was the last episode that I watched. Or maybe I watched a few after that. But my whole argument was, you've got all these fringe settlements and civilizations. If they would just shut the fuck up, they could easily get rid of the zombies and restart civilization. Why not do that? I don't know. Nobody even brought it up. <laughs> Nobody even raised their, hey, how about you put the baseball bat down and we'll go kill some zombies together and maybe uh, reopen a uh, strip mall. Something. I don't know. I'm sold. I'm in. That should be the, that'll be, probably be the new the <laughs> spinoff after the spinoff. Negan's novelties. <laughs> <laughs> Bats and barbed wire. <laughs> all right, you maniac. That's all we got on the uh, listener mail. Let me just take a quick peek at the junk folder, make sure nobody got scrapped. Nope, we are all good, Jason. Do you have anything for Tom Hardy, Alan, Cat, Freddy, or Cowboy? Love ya. Love ya. All right. You ready to scream some more? Heck yeah. Let's get it on. Hello? Hello, Sydney. Remember me? What do you want? It's time, girlfriend. Don't you know history repeats itself? Last night, two college students were brutally murdered. Police are everywhere. The girl was stabbed seven times. Ouch! Hi, Gail Weathers, author of The Woodsboro Murders. She's an opportunist. Be kind, she saved our lives. Yeah, I know. I read all about it in the book. I can't wait to see the movie. If there is some freaked out psycho, they're probably already in your life. So you just want to sit here and, and wait to see who drops next? The way I see it, someone's out to make a sequel. So it's our job to observe the rules of the sequel. Number one, the body count is always bigger. Number two, the death scenes are always much more elaborate. How do we find the killer, Randy? That's what I want to know. Well, let's look at the suspects. interrupting anything am i it's him he can see us do you want to die tonight is that the best you can do why not set your goals higher huh you want to be one of the big boys manson bundy oj 
scary movie. Showgirls. Absolutely frightening. Oh, Jamie. It is Scream 2, Jason Harrell. Yes, it is. From 1997. Got 6.3 stars on IMDb. Written by Kevin Williamson. Directed by Wes Craven. Starring Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette. Coming in at a solid R rating. Um, I... this, this Speaking of sharp drop-offs in a franchise, this one... I mean, there's definitely worse examples. There's worse, but this was this didn't definitely did not live up to the original. As as, like. as I'm watching it, because I always watch or rewatch whatever your main movie is. Okay, and my goodness, that thing just kept on going. Two I'm hours. like everything was just so repetitive, and I don't know. It was just regurgitating everything about the first one, but without any of the levity, like. None of those moments that made part one stick out, even though they repeated them, mm-hmm. uh, they just they didn't work. I think I thought the whole movie fell flat. But uh, I didn't have this movie in my collection, okay. so I was going to rent it. Sure. But since I went out today, mm-hmm. I happened upon this. Wow! I watched this <laughs> on a fifty cent. VHS tape. VHS tape. I drug the VCR out of the garage, <laughs> connected it to my 85-inch television. Ooh, look at you. Watched it in block format. It wasn't even the widescreen right, version. Right, right. Uh, but I, I did not think this was a was a good sequel. No. it's it's. Uh, it, it just really fell flat for me. I think you summed it up best with one word, and that's repetitive. They tried to repeat the formula from the first one. They did. But unfortunately, we now know what's coming. So this one starts off pretty much the exact same way the first one does. Instead of uh, it being a girl alone at home, we have a very attractive couple, uh, Omar Epps and Jada Pinkett Smith, going to see a movie in the theater. The movie is called Stab. Stab. Stab, Jason. Um, It is supposed to be, I guess, the fictionalized telling of the Sydney. Prescott, uh, true, like what we would consider to be a true crime situation. Very cool. Very meta, ironic, perhaps. Yeah, and even, and that's kind of what aggravated me more than anything, was mm. I, I thought that meta twist, because the first one was so meta. Sure. This one tried to repeat that, yeah. and it just fell flat. But bit. I will say Jada looked great. She did. Uh, Not as good as... Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, menace, that, menace to society, ooh, Jada Pinkett Smith. Look at that. <laughs> uh, yeah, she did look good. Yeah, uh, she did. But we, we now we know, and we know that they're going to put their biggest stars up front, Jada Pinkett Smith in circa 1997, mm-hmm. along with Omar Epps right yep. off of uh, Major League Two, and they're both going to die in the first 10 minutes. And Juice. Oh, and Juice. Yeah, I forgot about Juice. Juice is so good. That's... Uh, <laughs> It's good. It is good. It is. Uh, so that's uh, that's how we start. We get uh, you know a, the the, re- the repetition of the uh, instead of the phone call this time we have this young couple talking about um, scary movies and why she doesn't like them and the girls are always dumb and we get some social commentary with black people not surviving scary movies and uh, she wants to see a black movie so Omar Epps jokingly says. 
goes to the box office and he's like, we need a black movie with a black director and a all black cast and black this and black, 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 black. And they kind of laugh it off. Uh, now, if this movie were made today, I don't feel like that would be laughed off. They would like usher them into an all black section of the movie theater or something. I don't know. We stand by and support your message. Yeah. Or we would, we, we too would like to bring uh, awareness to your lack of black horror films. Your horror film plight. Or whatever. Yeah, whatever. But uh, they go in, and then we get more commentary about horror films and why these white girls always taking their tops off and all that shit. Because we love it. We do. Uh, the cool part, though, is that they're giving away father what's still, at this point in the movie, known as father death costumes in the theater as part of a promotional gag. Now, I, get, I, I see what they're doing there with that because it kind of sets up the kill scene and the killers. But at the same time, in the context of this being a true crime movie... Wouldn't that be considered in poor taste, you would think, considering many of the victims are still alive? Sure. You would think, if nothing else, there would be a class action lawsuit by uh, Sidney Prescott and Randy Meeks. Just putting it out there, but I'm not one to overthink anything. Not at all. That being said, we go in. uh, The killer, of course, strikes, uh, stabs Omar Epps in the ear through a men's room stall. Not even a glory hole. No, that hole was way too high to be a glory hole. I don't think you could even put your penis through there. (laughs) Well, maybe I could. I don't know. Uh, Kills him, and then uh, we get a a chase. And The cool thing about Stat, and again, this is probably in poor taste if it was a true crime, is that there's like a whole film festival kind of party situation, like a Rocky Horror Picture Show almost crowd participation thing where everybody's chasing each other around during the movie and fun shit like that i would love to see a movie like that me too where things go absolutely crazy i don't want to see a rocky horror picture show because i'm not going to put a fucking leotard on or whatever those things are called Hot. that either <laughs> but uh i would like if there was like one horror movie that would fit that bill i don't know what it would be but i would love to go see it i would put a costume on and go see uh troll two Sure, I'll put a I'll put an ugly cat sweater on. <laughs> I'll put a uh, uh, that uh, that's all. I'll, I'll pee. I'll pee in the in the hallway or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just trying to think what movie would really maybe like a House of a Thousand Corpses because it's kind of cheeky and fun but still bloody at the same time. Evil Dead could probably garner that kind of Return a, of the Living Dead. Return of there you go. We all dress up like dead punk zombies rocks. or punk rockers. Fuck yeah, I love it. Hopefully, there would be some naked chicks. We're renting a theater. We should do that. We should totally do that. Uh, I'm, I'm trash. Uh, I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with that red wig on, Jason? You ever fantasize? But no, well, I'm going to see you later, buddy. <laughs> so because of this like party atmosphere at the movie theater, the killer actually, Jada uh, discovers Omar's body. Uh, the killer strikes and starts chasing her around, and everybody there just thinks it's part of the uh, the ambiance or whatever. So she's legit getting stabbed and uh, eviscerated, and everybody's like cheering and yeah, kill her, stab her, and then she kills over dead and blood everywhere. And then uh oh, we have this. This is a real thing here. And then suddenly it takes a very serious turn. From there, my friend, we're going to cut to some university somewhere where uh, Sydney and Randy are in attendance. Good old Randy. And apparently Sin- Sydney, I keep wanting to call her Cindy, uh, Sydney keeps getting prank phone calls from asswipes doing, what's your scare favorite scary movie? 
that would get pretty fucking old. But she's this now nineteen ninety seven, and she has caller ID. Hot tech. But in that separate little box that shows the the name and the number, mm-hmm. was that a thing? I oh yeah, I don't remember that. Oh, absolutely. Thing. Okay, I didn't have that. Obviously. She's like, uh, guess what, asshole? Your phone number is blah, blah, blah. Your name is Corey something or other. And he's like, oh, sorry. Goodbye. And he hangs up. Um, and then she gets the news of the slayings that took place at the Stab movie premiere. And now there's like a the, the media frenzy has started all over again outside of her dorm room. Uh, we're going to meet Sydney's roommate. Uh, I forget her name. I think it was Alicia. And she is pledging the local sorority. Now... I'm okay with the sorority college situation here because, I mean, that would probably be the next trajectory of Sidney Prescott. Assuming there's like some therapy involved, you would assume, some PTSD. Um, You would think we would get a little more filler in between Scream 1 and Scream 2. Hey Sydney, you okay? How's that? How's that uh, stab wound? Can't talk. Going to college. Yep. Okay. I'm fine. Bye. I'm majoring in theater now. Everything's cool. Uh, whatever. Again, not to overthink this, but now she realizes about the killings, uh, and here comes the the media frenzy. And now all of a sudden, the sorority that the roommate was pledging is now super interested in Sydney because. I guess that would be like them having a local celebrity or something like that. Fair enough. Um, as the, the media frenzy is, is ramping up, we get the return of Gail Weathers and her new cameraman, uh, Joel, I think. Uh, she's back on the scene. She uh, looked good in this. She looked very good in this. She, she always looks good. Uh, I don't think she looked that great in this most recent remake or revamp or whatever you want to I say. haven't seen the new one yet. Oh, sorry. Was it pretty bad? Yeah, she's a little I mean, worse for wear. She's had some surgery. Misfits of science. <laughs> now there's her, her smokingness. <laughs> what? I God damn! I remember. I remember that show. That was. I was like four years old. Uh, there was a guy that could shoot. There was like a rock star guy that could shoot lightning. There was a black guy that I think did he? Get, I think he could shrink. He either got big or small. I forget which one. And it was Courtney Cox who was like a research assistant yeah. and couldn't do anything. Her she job. was Gail Weathers. <laughs> yeah. She would basically just follow them around with a clipboard and tell them to behave. Right. <laughs> God, it's been a long time since I've seen that show. I think there was another show. You're welcome. You're, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for making me feel old, you fucker. Um, there was another show. Uh, I, I forget what it was called, but it was like Dracula, Frankenstein, and The Mummy. And they teamed up to go fight crime. Mm. Uh, and I think Courtney Cox had something to do with it. But what? She, yeah, I think she was only like 16 or something. Hmm. I forget. I'll have to Google that during yeah, the break. Definitely. It was it was dumb as shit. I remember that. <laughs> it sounds amazing. And uh, it was only available in reruns because it went off the air like five years before I was born or something like that. It's a whole thing. Anyway, Gail Weathers back on the scene. And despite the fact that she has saved Sydney's life in the first film, the old enmity between the two has reemerged because uh, Gail, I guess, put out a best-selling book, which is being optioned into a movie or has been and is now the Stab franchise. And uh, Sydney doesn't care for that. So, of course, she asks her for an interview and gets punched in the face again. Uh, she gets punched in the face quite a bit, Gail Weathers. That's great. And then because of all of this hoopla... Officer Dewey is back on the scene. He says he flew in from uh, Woodsboro, 
So wherever we are, we must not be in California, or at least a different part of California, right? Well, she, let's see, uh, Nev Campbell, when she got that first uh, caller ID number, yeah, um, she cited the penal code for like obscene phone calls or threatening phone calls, and right. that's the California penal code. I mean, okay. Because... I had to look it up. Okay, sure. I had to check continuity. <laughs> I mean. Uh, so I assume they were still in California. It could and I, be. And I think there's a reference further into the movie that they're in California. Okay. But I don't know where the hell he's at. Well, he flew in from Woodsboro. So. Where's that at? I, I always assume Northern California. Oh, okay. Because it was, like, the screen one had, like, woods and trees and stuff. All right. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, anyway, he's on the scene, and now he's limping around, and he's he's still David Arquette. Still doing the, the David <laughs> Arquette face. still doing face. that mouth breathing, <laughs> squinty-eyed. You shouldn't have said that I was inexperienced. What a porno stash. I know, right? <laughs> it's It had, like, spots missing along the... I don't know if that was there on purpose or if it was some kind of a wardrobe malfunction anyway he's on the scene he is also pissed at gail weathers because apparently their budding romance that we saw at the end of scream one took a shit when she basically made fun of him in her entire book and now he's not speaking to her and he's limping around there he has he's got like a severed nerve yeah so he's got like a tart arm and he's always pointing (laughs) and he's limping around he's like severed nerve because when i got stabbed uh, um I don't know what he thinks he's going to do. You know, I get it. He he likes Sydney and yeah. he's there to help protect her, but he he's not really going to fight anybody off as we're about to find out. All right, anyway, now we're going to meet Sydney's boyfriend, played by Jerry O'Connell. The world needs more Jerry O'Connell. What is he doing these days? Anything? Do you ever see the secret, Sliders? my secret identity? My I do don't think so. It was a fat Jerry O'Connell with superpowers. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like a uh, an adolescent um, uh, greatest American hero. Okay, because he really couldn't control the powers. Oh well. no! Yeah, he would fly <laughs> around. He could float, and then he would use aerosol cans to give himself like <laughs> projection. Perfect. <laughs> That's great. Oh man. Uh, so he's like, he's a, he's a, uh, fraternity guy mm-hmm. and I guess he's like some kind of a stud on campus. <sighs> he's a stud in my heart. Isn't he though? I love that guy. Um, Piranha 3D. Three, there's one, uh, Sliders. Remember that yeah. show? I think his brother, wasn't there another O'Connell, like a Chris O'Connell? I think there's two O'Connell. Chris O'Connell's Robin. No, you're right. And I, there's another guy, one of his brothers looks stunningly like him, but is a little bit, uh, smaller. Hmm. Well, he's uh, a damn lucky man. I tell you what, uh, they were in that show Sliders, which I vaguely remember. That's right. I uh, remember now. Late, in in the late seasons, yeah, his brother. Yeah, and uh, what did they time travel or some shit or dimension swap? I don't know. I don't slide remember. through dimensions. Or something. something. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he's the boyfriend, and he's like following her around, and she teams up with Randy again, who happens to be at the exact same campus because he's stuck in the friend zone. And Randy's like, hey, there's going to be another killer. we got to watch out for each other. And she's like, I know, Randy. I'm doing the best I can. And here comes uh, the boyfriend, Jerry O'Connell. And he's like, hey, babe. Is that the brother or is that him? This is Charlie, Charlie O'Connell. O'Connell. Yeah, looks just like him, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, babe, I'm here to protect you. And she's like, yeah, okay, great. So away they go. Uh, we get to see uh, Randy in a film class, mm-hmm. and that's where she picks him up at. In the film class, we have Timothy Oliphant as Mickey. 
We have Joshua Jackson for like 13 seconds, just as like a background extra. Yeah. And we also have Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yep. Very ensemble cast of teen 90s heartthrobs here. Do you know who Dobby from Harry Potter is? No idea. It's it's uh, Jamie Kennedy. That's Jamie Kennedy? No, I'm saying it looks like <laughs> it Jamie It does Kennedy. look like him, yeah. Especially in this movie. he got kind of those like, gnome ears. Yeah. He looks very odd in this movie. Yeah, and he's it's especially that, with his, like go, his little douche, goatee. Douchey goatee. Yeah, but he's got like a big Joker smile all the time. I don't know. I was never a big Jamie Kennedy guy. I felt like probably Matthew Lillard made the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I was on Team Dewey all the way around. Yeah, and I probably I've never seen Scream Three. We'll get into that next week. Anyway, uh, we get to see all these these. Other film nerds, including Sarah Michelle Gellar and Timothy Oliphant. Uh, Timothy Oliphant playing Mickey is actually Jerry O'Connell's best friend in this movie, so he's constantly in and out of the scene. Uh, from there, we get a very Scream 1-esque sequence of Sarah Michelle Gellar's character, Cece, getting stalked around her sorority house. Same phone calls, uh, big struggle, cat and mouse game, eventually she gets Stabbed and then thrown off the third floor balcony. Yeah, well, not near enough screen time. No, not really. But th- I guess this was before she was Buffy, right? I would assume. Hmm. I mean, for I don't a, know. right around the same time, at least for a part this small. I mean, because like yeah. when we get into, I know what you did last summer. She was pretty much the star. Yeah, supporting star, whatever yeah. you want to call that. Uh, so she's dead. That's another kill. From there, uh, we get now the phone calls are starting to come in from to Sydney, and she's like, "Who is this? It's the killer! Oh my god!" So she tries to break up with her boyfriend because she is aware of the formula. The formula is the killer's on the scene; they're going to start killing everybody around Sydney that is important to her for whatever reason. So we know, obviously, it's not Billy Loomis, it's not uh, Stu, it's not her dad. We can rule out pretty much anybody from the first movie, except for Dewey and Randy, and I guess Gail Weathers. Uh, None of them really have motive, except maybe Gail, if she was trying to write another book or something. Uh, About this time, another reporter is going to happen on the scene. I forget her name, but we will just refer to her as Connor Ant. Roseanne's sister. Roseanne's angry <laughs> lesbian sister. Uh, played by Lori Metcalf, who was who played uh, Roseanne's sister. Um, she's like a local reporter, and she's covering the story for the paper, but she's like trying to get into Gail Weathers' inner circle and find out what she knows, so she's like following her around, and she just kind of po- pokes her head in periodically from time to time. Now... If this were a giallo, I would say that's your killer because the killer is always going to be an innocuous character from the first act. I am not wrong, Mr. Harrell. No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that's how that kind of goes. Don't pay too much attention to her because she doesn't really amount to anything until the very end. Uh, From there, um, a lot of boyfriend-girlfriend drama going on here. Uh, he's trying to get back with her, Jerry O'Connell is, and she's trying to push him away because she doesn't want him to get killed. And I don't really think she was that into him to begin with. But then he gives her a lunchtime serenade, Jason. It was beautiful. And that is the surefire way to get into a girl's pants if you don't <laughs> mind public humiliation. I don't. I don't either. Um, but I'm much more happy just beating off in a... <laughs> In a corner of a dark room somewhere. <laughs> As we know. That's the, that's the level of effort that I'm willing to put in. 
from there, he gives her his uh, fraternity uh, letters necklace. I guess that's a big deal. You're not supposed to do that, uh, but he does it anyway. Cause so, oh my God, he really does love me. He gave me his letters. And uh, everybody's like, ooh, you're not supposed to do that, bro. He's like, well, there you go. I love you, and let's be together. And she's like, okay, but you have to protect me. Um, again, more with the killer harassment. Uh, Gail and Dewey kind of reconcile in a weird way. I'm going to blaze past a lot of this because this is a two-hour fucking movie, and I would say 60% of it is the characters from the first movie reconciling their differences from the first movie, even though they didn't really have any at the end, we just have to assume that there was a big blow up and now they're coming back together. So we get Dewey and Randy going out to lunch and Randy's explaining the rules of the sequel. Uh, you might be a suspect. I might be a suspect. The kills have to be better, bigger body count. Everything's got to be bigger and it's probably going to be worse than the original, which it is. Um, and he's like, well, I'm not a suspect, so you're not a suspect. So what about Gail? Ooh, yeah. Uh, and then we have Dewey and Gail getting back together and chasing down leads and looking at footage to make a very long story short, very uh, long, and very long and very full of subtext and subtle winks and nods here and there. Uh, we get the three of them together in the quad trying to piece together clues and out of nowhere, Gail's cell phone rings and it's the killer. And he's like, I'm watching you right now, you three fuckers. Look at you trying to figure me out. So Gail and Dewey go running around uh, the quad, just randomly tackling people with cell phones, which was not easy to do in 1997 because those fucking things were like bricks. You could easily just clock somebody with one. Uh, the, the funny part, though, is that they're going after like 90-pound girls yeah. on cell phones. <laughs> That's your killer right there, Dewey. Yeah, yeah, tackle the one with the uh, the braids in her hair. Um, eventually, Randy keeps the guy on the phone, and he's like walking around, oh, you know what the scariest movie I ever saw was? It's Showgirls. <laughs> and then eventually he gets grabbed, pulled into the news van, and stabbed to death. Now, I get it. You got to kill off at least one of the people from the original movie, because... You can't have that many carry over. How unceremonious, though. Uh, yeah, mm. I was kind of hoping for more out of Randy. Yeah. You know, he's uh, like his his monologues throughout the first movie are kind of what made that movie what it was. Yeah, they really carry it. Yeah, not uh, not this time, I guess. So he's dead. He's out of the picture, unfortunately. Um, from there, the cops get called. The body, We get a weird sequence in the library where Sydney is receiving instant messages i guess on a dos screen is that is that even a thing that's some retro stuff uh it, that was around the time that i was realizing wow this movie's really dragging on and <laughs> i have to leave for D uh, darian's house soon <laughs> so I, I started going in and out of the room yeah yeah it got so they i guess what they're saying is the killer's somewhere in the library now amidst all of this we have Another subplot with our main man, Cotton Leary, who was the convicted killer in the first movie, who has now been exonerated and is out walking around and has made himself quite the media whore in the meantime. Is it Leary or Weary? I don't fucking know. I thought it was Leary. It could be Weary. Well, damn it. Now I want to know. Uh, played by Liv Schreiber, who I usually enjoy. Uh, he's a pretty good actor. You'll know him from, um, what is that, Ray Donovan? Yep. Um, 
uh, one of those Wolverine movies. He played Sabretooth. Yeah, uh, the remake of the Manchurian Candidate. Manchurian Candidate. He does good work. It's weary. Weary. Got it. Uh, he's he's kind of a he's just kind of there, you know. And he's he's like, look, Sydney, I forgive you for uh, you know uh, testifying against me. You didn't know, but we've got money making opportunities here. We got to we get we'll get ten thousand dollars a piece if we go on. Uh, what is it, Dateline or whatever. But because he's being kind of forceful with this conversation, the police grab him and arrest him again, but then they have to let him go. So now Sydney has herself a full-on police escort everywhere she goes. Two guys in cheap suits. And I don't think either one of them weighed more than 90 pounds. <laughs> so I don't know, whatever. They look like substitute teachers. Uh, all right, so now, unfortunately, Randy's dead. We have Cotton Weary out and about, and he could be the killer, possibly, but who knows? We'll get more into that. Uh, at this point, Sydney is put into police custody. Uh, I mean, not like arrested, but she's, I think she, they were going to take her to a safe house or something like that, and her roommate was going to go with her, because I guess you can opt for a roommate if you'd like. Uh, but before, just before they leave, Sydney has to break up with Jerry because... You know, you got to get out of here, fucker. I'll get you killed. And, oh, but I love you. Okay, well, maybe later. Uh, they get in the car, and then the cops get killed at a red light by a uh, ghost face. Um, one cop gets his throat slit. Uh, the other cop gets out of the car, and Ghostface jumps in the car and knocks him out. But then he jumps up. Basically, Ghostface runs over the second cop and then kind of like veers off as because the cop is shooting into the window and the cop's head gets impaled on a loose pipe. Right. Am I right about that? Sounds right. That sounds about right. Which is, I thought was pretty cool special effects wise. Uh, but now the, the two girls in the back have to like basically do like a bump and grind move on an unconscious ghost face. Yeah. To get this out of is the where, car. like this sequence just, I mean, it just dragged on for so long. I get what they're doing. They were they were trying to build some suspense because Ghostface is just sitting in the driver's seat with his head back. But come on, man, it's so formulaic. It I mean, is. we we know how it's going to play out. Um, I mean, you you know, Sydney's going to make it out of there. I would have assumed that they that, they were setting up a great jump scare. Unfortunately, they kicked it back about an extra three minutes that they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. So neither Sydney could have pulled the. She at one point she reaches for the mask and she's like, I want to know who it is. And the roommate is like, just get the fuck out of here. And then she just forgets the whole idea and gets out. Oh, well, that's stupid. <laughs> they both get out. It's very intense. They go walking down the street, and then they get like half a block away. And then Sydney is like, you know what? I'm going to go see who the fuck that is. So she goes back there. Ghostface is, of course, gone. And then pops out from around the corner and kills the roommate. Run, run, run. Chase, chase, chase. Uh, at this While all this is going on, the boyfriend has been abducted by his frat bros and is now being strapped to like a theater theatrical lift situation and being forced to drink beer because I guess that's what happens when you give your letters away and some some of them were pouring beer down his boxer shorts. So it looked like a lot of fun, really. Um, <laughs> it's a strange uh, it's a, beer bong, but I mean, all right. Normally, I like my beer in my mouth, but if you want to... <laughs> Pour it on my penis. <laughs> By all means. I don't, I don't think it's going to have the same effect, but I'm willing to try. I'll try it out. Uh, it's not an ele- elephant trunk. No, no. <laughs> By any stretch. <laughs> I've already got some excuses preloaded. So. 
Uh, and then I'm glazing over another subplot of Sydney trying to make it as an actress in this whole big production that she's in. It doesn't fucking matter. Uh, the party is over like that, which was very strange because Sydney runs all the way back to campus right into the theater. So the huge party with the drunk guy tied to the fucking uh, prop thing uh, lasted apparently all of about six minutes, and then everybody cleaned up and left. Yeah, they just bounced. But left the drunk guy in his boxers. Uh, Here comes Ghostface, run around, chase, chase, chase. While that's going on, now this was the first allusion I had to them trying to pull off the multiple killers act again. While that's going on, we have um, Dewey and uh, Gale – And they decide that they are going to look at all of the videotape that they've taken from all the interviews because the killer has to be in their group somewhere, like within this party thing that they're doing. So they're looking at all of the – well, they start to look at all the videotapes and then they very quickly decide they want to have sex on the desk instead, which is a much better idea than looking at old videotapes. I think so. But in doing so, they realize that they are in fact being videotaped as they're doing it and Ghostface is up in a uh, uh, projection booth videotaping him. Uh, down he comes, run around, chase, chase, chase. Dewey gets stabbed again while Gale has to watch from a recording booth. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Dewey goes down, stabbed in the back a bunch of times. Gale makes it out and manages to hide. While that's happening, we have the same se- basically exact same sequence happening with Sydney, where she's being chased around the quad by Ghostface. Number two uh, could be the same guy, I guess, or maybe not. But if if you've seen the first movie, this is where you're thinking, all right, you motherfuckers. I see what you're doing here. Uh, make a long story short, Sydney eventually gets cornered on the stage with her boyfriend who is tied to the fucking thing in his underwear. Uh, and that's when we get the reveal of who killer number one is. And that's going to be Mickey, Jerry's best friend. And again, we get like the red herring of, hey, Jerry, we did it. We did it, bro. And he's like, no, fucker. I don't know what you're doing. Tie, uh, Sydney, untie me. I'm not a killer. Sydney, of course, had illusions of Jerry being the killer. Uh, she's like, what? I don't, I, don't, I don't know what you're doing. I don't, you fuckers are killing. And then eventually Mickey shoots Jerry in the chest and kills him. Uh, and then we get a very long-winded uh, villainous uh, monologue about how this is my ultimate plan and I'm so going to kill long. you. I'm going to be a rock star because I'm going to blame the whole thing on movies and I've got a German doctor coming in and he's going to be on my defense team. I'm going to be worshipped by millions. And then uh, he, a big reveal number two, there is a second killer and it's uh, Roseanne's sister. Roseanne's sister, Lori <laughs> Metcalf, who is actually Billy Loomis's mom. Whoa. So, if I understood the first movie correctly, one of the pl- one of the talking points, I guess, was that Sydney's mom was having multiple affairs with multiple men. Mm-hmm. So, I'm thinking that Sydney's mom was banging Billy's dad. Billy's dad. That okay. caused Billy's dad and Billy's mom to split up. Which Billy blamed on Sydney's mom, but she's already dead. Mm-hmm. So now the mom is blaming Sydney for Billy for, being dead. For Billy being dead and the divorce. So she's back to take revenge. Uh, 
She's holding everybody at gunpoint. Hey, fuckers. Uh, at some point, as she is wont to do, she shoots Mickey because she can't. she's going to blame the whole thing on him. And uh, then she's going to kill Sydney and make it look like there was a shootout or something. Yeah, right there towards the end of Mickey getting shot, he <clears throat> he was trying to invoke Matthew Lillard quite a bit. He yeah. was really kind of doing that zany, yeah. kind of maniacal, <laughs> frenzied. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Not, uh, I like Timothy Oliphant. He's no Matthew Lillard. No. <laughs> he gets points for effort, though. Uh, eventually she shoots him all up. That's great. And then she's like, you, you don't get it, Sydney. This is where, this is where I'm going to be the, the, the winner and I'm going to take my revenge and everything's, everybody's going to believe it was him. So she pulls a knife. Uh, Sydney kicks the gun away. They start run, 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 chase, chase, chase. Eventually, uh, Sydney drops a bunch of stage props on her, which knocks her out, but then she comes back and then she's just on the point of killing Sydney when up pops well, first outruns Gail Weathers to save the day, but she trips and falls into the orchestra pit. And then after that comes Cotton Leary, who found the gun. And there was like a minute where we thought he might be the killer because he showed up with blood on his hands. And he's like, I found a body. What am I going to do? Uh, but now he's got the gun and he's like pointing it at um, Lori Metcalf. And he's like, uh, yes, hey, we, uh, but then she's like, hey, you, she put you in jail for a year for a whole year oh aren't you you take revenge nobody will ever know you just got to shoot her and then at the last second sydney agrees to go on 2020 and then uh cotton weary shoots laurie metcalf and uh from there they pretty much live happily ever after uh gail climbs out of the fucking orchestra pit and uh, we find out Dewey survived because he got stabbed in the exact same place he got stabbed in the first mm-hmm. movie. So that scar tissue like deflected the blow or something <laughs> like that. Because I guess that can happen. Uh, and that's pretty much the end of your movie. Yeah, there. Cotton, Cotton is kind of painted as uh, being a hero. So yeah, <clears throat> now he's not <clears throat> as villainized by society. And yeah, the reporters are wanting to interview him, and <clears throat> so he gets, he gets what he wants. Everybody gets what they want. Uh, Nev Campbell. I guess split up with her boyfriend. Well, he's dead. Uh, a lot easier than she wanted. Yeah, that's a clean break. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. Well, he's not the clingy type anymore, babe. Nev Campbell is an odd-looking gal. I've I've figured her out. She has a look that says, "At any moment, I am two seconds away from a, a complete breakdown. Like the tears are loaded, mm-hmm. and they're going to come pouring at any moment, but they never do." And that kind of gives her like a sweet and innocent vibe, which is pretty bangable. Um, and I mean, she had a nice body and all that she's, too. But she's got like, like progressively through movies and through her career, her face has just gotten more and more squared off. <laughs> she has. She a looks very... like the love child of Robert Zadar and Robert <laughs> and uh, Rocky Dennis. <laughs> wow, that is cruel. <laughs> but still, somehow, yes bangable uh, totally uh it's just it, it's like she's, she's got a very arquette like squinty face like yeah. thing with her eyes that she does well she's always loading up those tears yeah it's it's like this thing that like oh i i, I said something wrong she's gonna cry i'm so sorry i'm so sorry you know because it's kind of a deal i don't know it, it's very hot or at least it was <laughs> in 1997 i thought i always thought she was hot um not as good as the first one but in a way they kind of set it up to like they kind of told us up front, this isn't going to be as good as Scream. But In man, fact, I mean, they basically took the exact same story, yeah. transplanted it into this, yeah. and said, okay, come up with a creative way 
of squeezing two more different people into the two two roles of the killer. Yeah. And that's what they got. Yeah. Um, and that felt like a stretch. It, I mean, I could see the, the Billy Loomis mom thing happening. Um, yeah, but like, then, like, she she met, uh, as Kevin Smith calls him, uh, Timothy Oliphantastic. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so she met, meets uh, Timothy Oliphant on, like, the internet. Yeah. On, like, a serial killer chat room or something. In 1997. Yeah. And okay. that's how they, they hook up. Right. I don't know. I don't know either, The whole man. thing just seemed like such a stretch. It felt to me like a, a bit of a cash grab. But, I mean, you you want to keep the scream train rolling. Sure. I would have loved to have seen Stab starring uh, Tori Spelling and Luke Wilson. That looked like a, a pretty good show. <laughs> probably, All right. Probably on the Lifetime Network. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. God, stupid. Oh. Um, if you're hungry for Scream and you need some more Scream after the first one, um, I don't know, maybe the third one's better. I don't ever remember seeing the third one, but we'll get into that next week. That was Scream 2. I say you just stop after the first one. Um, really, if you just, if you're looking for a two hour version of the first one on a college campus instead of a high school, I think that was part of the charm of the first one was that. Wes Craven's like wheelhouse was always the the high school slasher with the underlying love story, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Shocker, um, Scream. That's that was like his strong suit. When he takes those characters out of that high school environment, then things get a little weird. You know, you've got Nancy Thompson at a sleep clinic, you got uh, Sidney Prescott at a uh, fucking college campus. Where where are we going to go with Sydney next? I can't remember any of them. The only one I remember, the first one, mm-hmm. uh, now this one, uh, and this most recent remake. But I don't remember any of the the sequels. So I'm I'm curious if any of them can be better than this one because it seems like they can only repeat the same exact kind of routine. I remember the fourth one is. Pretty, it's it's like a step back to the original because a different group of kids, same town, copycat killer. Sydney Prescott shows up at the very end, and she's like, "I know you, you fucker." <laughs> um, but I remember not liking it at all because there was some really dumb shit in there, and that's all I remember about it. But we'll get more into that in the, uh, toward as the month goes on, my friend. Uh, why don't we take us a little break, and we'll do some other stuff in a minute, Mister Jason. Aye.
Hey, inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And we are back, Jason. Jason? Yes. Uh, that notwithstanding, what do you think is the worst sequel in a, in a horror franchise? Oh, boy. The Howling has some real dumps. Uh, I haven't seen all of them. Yeah, but look at the Amityville lineage. Amityville has some big dumps. Um, I can't be mad at Jaws 3. I can't recall Jaws 4, but everybody makes fun of that it's one. It's bad. It's pretty bad. I wouldn't recall it either, except Tim made me watch it. <laughs> I think probably... Uh, See, there's there's like a weird contrast between how good the first one is and how, like if the first one's a stinker, and somehow another one gets made, you're like, oh, pff, fucking whatever, you know, it's it's gonna be bad, it's gonna be worse, but who gives a shit? But you take like uh, the Crow, City of Angels, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not good, um, but because the original Crow was as good as it was, that actually kind of makes it worse in a way. <laughs> If I had to, I don't know if you call it a sequel. I've discussed this on many a podcast, but fucking Diary of the Dead. That's terrible. That is infuriating to me. And I'm not going to waste anybody else's time talking about how much I hate that movie or why. Which one do you hate more, Survival of the Dead or Diary of the Dead? Diary of the Dead. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Survival, uh, Survival of the Dead is bad. But Diary of the Dead is worse because of the, the it's it's supposed to be a found footage movie, right? You can't have ambient music in a found footage movie. And the way the characters are acting is absolutely ridiculous. You're completely uh, all right. I'm not going to waste anybody else's time talking about this. Fair enough. All right, goddammit. Before I get more pissed off at anything that I don't need to be pissed off about. You ready to get into this Terror Dome? I can't wait. Me neither. Let's get it. Is your microphone on? I believe so. Yeah, look at there. You're there. kind of faint a little bit. I'm right here. Are you? You're a little, you're a little wispy. I haven't wasted at all. Okay. I'm old. It's almost bedtime. It's true. I'm sorry. We got to get you out of here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get into the Terror Dome. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm just gonna bash your brains. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll drive you crazy. I'll kill you all. I'll dream come true. Six year old child with this blind, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes. The devil.
Welcome to the Terradome. We got to start it off with last week's winners there, Jason. In uh, teams competition, we had Ghosts versus Cenobites. The house on Ocean Avenue came alive in the night. Windows shattered, doors slammed, and the foundation began to shift and crack. The structural integrity was no longer able to withstand the weight of dual portals. Lost spirits struggled to close either as Frank's hands shook with the box. It almost closed when the first hook entered his flesh. With a vote of 8-4, to four, the Son of Bites advance over the ghosts. I don't know how that makes sense, but you people have chosen the Cenobites. I'm a, I'm a Hellraiser guy. I'm okay with that. Um, I just don't know how they would actually win, but I had to try to make that make sense for you. I think both sides have... There's as much reason to argue both sides losing sure. as both sides winning. Yeah, I try to make these make sense. It doesn't always work out that way. As I just spent uh, four months explaining how a tomato would beat all of our favorite horror villains. I'm, I should be paid for that because that took some fucking effort, my friend. It was rough. <laughs> I struggled with you. Oh, God. Let's get into this week's matchup, shall we? Real quick. Yep. The Phantasm series. With the exception of two. See, okay, so what do you think is the worst? Ravager, easily, right? That was the very last that one. That was right? the last one. Yeah. The giant fucking absolutely. balls. Oh, that was bad. Yeah, that could that could be it, man. Um Trying to do a deep dive. I, mean, I know we're trying to get into the Terradome here, but trying to do a deep dive into the tall man mythos, it gets pretty fucking wacky. You know? Yeah. Uh, like, the the whole Jacob Morningside thing, I understand the, the mortician who somehow found the key to eternal life and now is building an army. I like that. But then you get into, like, dimensional rifts and Jacob Morningside actually being a good guy and he's just been taken over by this interdimensional conqueror Okay, there, Mr. Coscarelli. Yeah. I'm Take out. it easy there. <clears throat> Teradome. Teradome. As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not very good at writing things. They'd been on the road for months, and their numbers were dwindling. Nowhere to go since the fall of Midian. The Nightbreed wandered the Canadian wilderness, due north, looking for seclusion. The farther north they went, the longer the nights lasted. The fewer humans they saw along the way. All the better, considering their last run-in with locals cost them full exposure. A recent oil pipeline explosion left the town of Barrow, Alaska, empty with more than a few structures still intact for habitation. But what the breed found upon arrival was not the next Midian. There was something still inside the ghost town. Movement in the shadows, blood in the snow, the heavy musk of fear and panic in the air. There were a few humans still around in hiding, from what the Nightbreed would soon find out. Team's competition, we have the Nightbreed versus the 30 Days of Night Vampires, Jason. 30 Days of Night Vampires, just because they're bad motherfuckers. They are bad. But I think... I don't want to hear you. I'm going to explain it anyway. (laughs) I'm going to break it all down for you. Really, you got to give the edge to the Nightbreed because of the berserkers, man. Those things are savages. Have you? Okay, so I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, Darian, there are some really stupid Nightbreed monsters. You have always been extremely gay for Nightbreed. I have been. Even like watching it now, even watching like the director's cut, which is much more true to the book. Like the the part where um, 
going to slowly talk myself into voting for the 30 Days of Night Vampires. <laughs> but like the part where uh, Lori goes down and descends into Midian and she's walking past all the monsters. There's like a chick with a finger coming out of her face. There's the big half moon head guy. What 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 are you? What what is his deal? He just it's, he's got a moon for a head. Just gonna spear somebody else in the forehead with, with a the chin in the. I right. Don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's your tarot dome matchup for the weekend, mates. It's the night breed versus thirty days a night vampires. Get me your votes by next week if you can. Mental health hotline is area code seven seven five three eight seven zero two seven five, or you can email me at thepaddedroom two thousand eleven at hotmail dot com. You want to vote for the night breed. I know you do. No, you don't. You're gonna you're gonna want you're thinking about thirty days a night vampires because, smart. because they're sharp dressers, I'll give you that. <laughs> they speak a weird language that they only have they understand. Wonderful teeth. Bad bad teeth. Uh they hey, they kill dogs. They don't have moon faces. They do not have moon faces. Or fingers sticking out of their forehead. There's like a weird hot chick in there too, as I recall, but she gets killed with a UV marijuana light light situation i don't know i don't remember uh let's get into a little what are you looking at there jason sir jason of harrell i shit what are you looking at finally got around to the new batman movie Seen it yet? Yep. What'd you think? A little lackluster. Uh, uh, a bit too long. Did it need to be three hours? No. I don't think it did. Um, I was really hoping he would have bulked up a little bit for the role. He looked very sickly. Yeah, and I I get it with like the, you know the makeup, <clears throat> what they were going for with like the makeup left on and stuff around the yeah. eyes, but. You know, it, yeah, it did just kind of make him look emaciated and malnutritioned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I, you're rich. You can eat. I, I feel like they way overdid it with Wayne Manor, with the, all the gothic shit. Like, it's it's a living room. People for, live here. For as much as Ben Affleck catches hell for his Batman uh, portrayal, at least, like, he was thick, man. Like, he, he at least looked like a force. He looked like he could kick somebody's ass. Yeah. I don't know if I feel that way about Robert Pattinson. I didn't. Um, I like the Riddler. I don't know that I like the Riddler as the Zodiac Killer. And that's kind of what they did with him. Yeah. Which I'm not mad at, but at the same time, when you, I mean, there were like, what, two riddles in the whole movie? And the rest of it was all this weird cipher shit that you got to figure out. I yeah. don't, you're not really the Riddler then. You're just a Zodiac Killer, <laughs> which is fine if that's how you want to go. Um, it was very underwhelming. It, it it did not need to be three hours. Is that's my major gripe with it? Three, three fucking hours. Uh, I watched that, and I also watched X over at your place from twenty twenty two. Good show. Fucking horny movie. Yes, <laughs> I love a horny movie. <laughs> I love a horny uh, geriatric movie. Uh, well, I was I was going to get to that, but uh, there have been other horror movies that have taken place on in and around porno sets they're usually cheeky and just an excuse to show tits which is fine i'm not mad at tits but putting an actual storyline behind it and building like this weird creepy ambient farmhouse with with like why are we shooting a porno in this disgusting place you know 
Uh, but it's what, 1976, I think is when it took place. Yeah. So that kind of makes sense in a weird way. Um, but the, the old, the old lady, man, <laughs> there is a lot going on there and something, I know you like the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, did this turn, one of the first things, uh, that I remember about you from the first time we met is how much you hated Ty West. You hated the innkeepers. You hated, um, your next. Uh, did, I don't, did you ever see House of the Devil? I have. Did you? Well, how did you feel about that? One? I, I can't remember it. I, I remember liking it. Super slow. Super um, and I love slow. a slow flick. But the problem I have with I I thought that Ty West was overglorified. Okay. And coming off of something like Innkeepers, where everybody was just singing the praises of this movie, I really I rode the hype train hard on that sure. one. Yeah. Finally got to watch it. Huge, huge disappointment. Okay. Um, I didn't like your next the first time I saw it because it was supposed to be, they were advertising it as scariest movie this year. Or mm-hmm. This, this, that, and the other. It's not a scary movie. It's cheeky. It's um, fun. Once I rewatched your next as what it is, I love your next. Sure. How do you feel about Ty West as a director now? Oh, I think he did great. You like X? Yeah. It was a good show. I, th- I think he did really good. Yeah. I, I think it's filmed wonderfully. Yeah. A lot of um a lot of scenes that you pointed out to me that go right back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Like not shot for shot, but very to the point. Like you'll recognize these shots as you see them. Yeah. Um that I I, I I'm interested you said there was a prequel in the works with Pearl? Yeah. Um yeah, at the very end after the trailer roll, what you didn't see was uh, an advertisement for Pearl, a prequel. Okay. Uh, for the lady. Um, and spoiler alert, obviously, <laughs> we've already ruined it. Um, but yeah, it's like the whole early story of of the old lady. Okay. Um, and I think he shot both uh, at the same time. I think he at least wrote it mm-hmm. during like two weeks of quarantine. Oh, lovely. In like wherever they were filming at New Zealand. I think. Oh. Um, but I think they already shot both simultaneously. I'm into it. I want to see what her problem is. Why is she so fucking horny? <laughs> so horny. God. Just... Uh, did you notice the, do you remember the guy that was, uh, hung up in like the basement? Yeah. Naked and he was dead. Yeah. I was under the impression that was the cinematographer. That was the, the, do you remember the Volkswagen that was in the swamp? Yeah. That was that random guy. So you never met the guy. Right. So the, basically they dumped the car, kidnapped him. He was just some rando uh-huh. shackled him up and he was a sex slave for Pearl. Okay. And she just fucked him till he died. And, uh, is there a fate worse than death? <laughs> <laughs> I submit that there is. So I, I didn't know if you had called like who that was. I didn't. I just. I saw the because we I, were watching it a little intoxicated. We, we were. were watching it late, we and were it was late. Um, I remember. I remember he had a beard, and I just assumed that he was the cinematographer because mm. uh, I remember she stabbed him in the neck. But why? It wouldn't really make sense to string him up like that afterward. Yeah, that guy was just like a dead dude. Yeah, he, like he was still just laying like on the dead road out somewhere there. out there. Huh. All right. Well. I, I think as far as senior citizen sex scenes go, I got all I need. Yeah. I'm good. I don't need to see the... Yeah. the... To the best of my understanding, that was the guy who uh, 
drove the Volkswagen. Okay, very it, cool. Yeah. That's all I'm looking at this week, buddy. You got anything? Well, let's see. I, I watched The Cellar. Oh, what'd you think? Uh, I enjoyed it. Not I bad. liked it because I'm a total math dork. And I like a, an alchemy-based flick. Sure. They, you know, so they kind of dipped into alchemy and stuff like that. Um, I liked it. The ending was a little lacking, but uh, I still I still liked it quite a bit. Very cool. Uh, <laughs> upon Nurse Nicole's recommendation, I watched The Haunted. <laughs> Did you rewatch that? Uh, I it popped up on Shutter about a year ago, and I was like, "Oh shit, let me check." This is the one. This that movie scared the piss out of me as a kid. Yeah. Uh, watching it now, it's very silly. It and is quite silly. You have to remember that it's a made from made for TV movie from 1989. Um, if they wanted to, they could tap into this for the the Conjuring universe. Sure. Uh, there's that was the coolest part of it was seeing the war the warrens uh brought into the story and see how that whole thing kind of you know got into got into the mix yeah uh re we rewatched uh 2011's fright night that is a solid movie you like that i love that movie huh it's so fun better than the original two completely different vibes yeah yeah i don't know man i you can't beat the original peter vincent no but the Peter Vincent from the remake is a completely different character yeah. unto himself. And uh, uh, I, I really like him, too. But you can't beat the original. No. Uh, not Mal. Rowdy McDowell. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh. Um, had forgotten completely about Jeepers Creepers. So I just uh, bought that and rewatched it. What'd you think? It's been a long time since I watched it. That's a solid movie. It's a good show, right? Yeah. If you can get... It was quite a bit of stomach That's... on Justin Long. <laughs> now, knowing what you know, yeah. that kind of makes it creepier, right? Because sure. it's like, am I a party to something here? <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was a, a, fr- a fun movie to read. I love The Creeper. He's one of my favorite villains. Yeah, he's great. He's He's got wings, man. Ooh, there's another terrible sequel. Uh, part three. You know, the part three was bad. Yeah. Part two, I was not mad at. No, part two. Um, yeah, three's a three's, pretty big turd. Yeah, that's a that's a tank. And that's about it. All right, man. Let's do a little immersion therapy here, shall we? Immersion therapy. Did you get a chance to check out Eighth Night? Didn't even attempt. It's it's a struggle, man. It's Korean. It's um, it's very uh, J horror. Uh, there's some cool imagery there, but the thing with these J horrors, especially this like. These sweeping epics like this. They start off with this long-winded pretext about demons coming and a floating red eyeball. And you got to get the eyeball into the little box. And if you uh, are a righteous person, the eyeball will go into the box. You just have to tell it to go in there. And if you're not, then the eyeball is going to become this demon thing. And it's going to fucking possess people. Uh, I can't. I can't with that. You know what I mean? When you, when we're the movie hasn't even started yet, and we're getting in crossing into the fifteen minute mark of you just explaining this universe to me. Yeah, 
I'm I'm already. That's one of the things I didn't like about Star Wars. You know what I mean? You right. get that big, long, rolling, scrolling thing about in a universe. For, oh fuck! Are we going to watch the movie or well, not? I didn't know I came here to read a book. Yeah, exactly. Am I going to be quizzed on this at the end? <laughs> um, if you can, like, I watched it already, pretty much checked out. And I'm sorry, I read at a third grade level. Uh, subtitles are definitely not my strong suit. <laughs> But if you just kind of like keep it on and just periodically glance at it from time to time, there is some cool stuff going on there. Uh, the eyeball gets into people and it possesses them and it like the possession sequences are pretty fucking gnarly. Like uh, the the Korean schoolgirl with the eyeball coming out of the side of her face. There, There is some cool stuff there. Um, maybe I'll take another crack at it. Uh, after the kids have gone off to college or something, because <laughs> being able to harness that kind of attention to put into a movie for two hours yeah. with subtitles, that, that's a that's more than I got these days, man. Yeah, sounds. I just knew that there would be no way I could finish that movie. No, it's it's Korean. Uh, like I said, there's some good visuals there. Um, it's it's the classic. Uh, the monk has to fight a demon that's going to bring about the, it's going to open a gate to the end of the world or whatever. And it's, it's does some body hopping and there's that and nothing. We really had nothing we haven't seen before, but this time with uh Korean subtitles, your immersion therapy for this week is going to be the wolf hour starring Naomi Watts and Jennifer Ely. It's directed by Alistair Banks from 2019. You'll find this bad guy on Amazon Prime. Check that shit out, inmates. We will do the same in compare notes next week. But now it is time to educate me. Educating Miss Monica. First, my clues from last week. I am a recovering alcoholic whom might have killed my seven-year-old son in a drunk driving accident. That mistakes happen, and it's time to start over fresh in my newly inherited Italian castle in which I am bringing my wife and blind daughter to. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get hammered anyway and try to have sex with a prostitute down in the catacombs. Sure hope the uh, resident uh, hair apparent isn't lurking about and looking to kill some people. I am, of course, Castle Freak from 1985, starring Barbara Crampton and um, Jeffrey Combs. That was a not a good movie. It was, it was, um, what's his name there? Um, Stuart Gordon's attempt to make a serious horror movie, but using all of the uh, trappings of a not serious horror movie. The Freak looked ridiculous. Uh, it's based on a H.P. Lovecraft story that really doesn't have a whole lot to do with anything that you saw there. Um, it's, it's fine. Uh, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, obviously. There was a recent remake of it, uh, directed by a guy named Tate Steinstrike. 
Yeah, the name doesn't sound familiar, but he was one of my favorite finalists from a show called Face Off on the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Uh, he did really good work there. The The remake is just batshit crazy because now the Castle Freak is like opening portals to dimensions and the Necronomicon gets involved. And I think Cthulhu showed up at the end for a second. It was It was actually pretty good as far as remakes go. All right. Who might I be this week, you ask? Well... I am a uh, husband about the town with my hot wife, and we are ready to do some experimenting in the bedroom, Jason. We have we are ready to to step into the swingers world for the first time, and we have found a couple that is willing to do that with us. We're going to leave the kids at home alone with Grandpa. Grandpa's a little off his rocker. Everything is set up for one hell of a sexy night here. I sure hope our satellite dish doesn't pick up any fucking weird transmissions and cause people and things to grow tentacles. And I really don't want anything in my butt. I probably, <laughs> I probably, I probably should have specified that before we uh, put our our profile out on the swingers website because i feel like uh the the chick's husband is really looking to put something in my butt <laughs> who might i be you ask tune in next week and i will clue you in in the meantime my friends i think that's about going to do it for us this week like comment subscribe wherever you found the show that helps my visibility quite a bit do have a patreon campaign running you can find that link at paddedroom.podbean.com will get you control of the month of June, as well as a Padded Room t-shirt, a Padded Room travel mug, and as much hardcore pornography as I can shove into the package before I send it in the mail. Uh, I was thinking about that today. I really hope I didn't send any to any uh, minors, because I'm pretty sure that's a felony in certain states. Uh, I'm going to have to look into that. Uh, If you're a minor, let me know. I'll put some... uh, uh, I tell you, I'll I'll draw you some pictures of uh boobies and vaginas and stuff and put that in there instead uh in the meantime i think that's about going to do it for us this week jason you got anything else on the week nope that's it for me just an action-packed week of doing nothing yeah well feel free to step on over here next week for scream three my friend because that's what i'm all about i'm sure it's going to be even worse uh for miss monica in absentia buddy in absentia jason who is here uh the boys in the basement hopefully we'll be getting back together with them soon um ass cramps viking stargazing chairs uh castle freaks doorways to cthulhu and other dimensions swingers and sequels that took a dump right after a pretty stellar start to a franchise. And the Padded Room Podcast, I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Why does it take the pirate so long to learn the alphabet? Because they spend years at sea.